You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Brett. And I'm Steven. And we are the Broadway Husbands. We're just your all-American married couple making their living in the arts and pursuing a growing family. On the Broadway Husbands podcast, we offer advice from our ordinary lives under extraordinary circumstances. We are living proof that you can love who you love and love what you do. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. And if you really love us, make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at Broadway Husbands. We are proud members of the Broadway Podcast Network. Make sure you check out broadwaypodcastnetwork.com backslash Broadway Husbands to see the array of amazing Broadway-themed podcasts that they host. And we are super excited today because we have special guests, Steven, Megan Sakura, and Barrett Martin. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having us. How's it going? Um, We are so happy to have you here. We are so happy to be here. We wish we were seeing you in person as opposed to, you know, virtually, but such is the norm, the norm at this point. And so between the two of them, they have 20 Broadway credits. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, we're even now. I'm, I liked it better when I had more. 10 and 10. 10 and 10. <laughs> I think that's what I saw. We're yeah. even now. <laughs> not, there's no, no competition in your house. No, 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 no. 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 <laughs> well, I think that's pretty amazing. I, I, I We were look, sort of looking at your IBDB and... and and looking at where on that timeline. So maybe actually, Megan, why don't you start and tell us before we get to how you two met, how did you end up in New York? How did you even start getting those Broadway credits? Like what was your, your background? Um, well, I'm a little bit of a weirdo. I did not grow up with um, theater experience. Like I wasn't exposed to musical theater. Uh, I was a dancer, like straight up went to a Dolly Dinkle dance studio. I had an amazing teacher. It was like two rooms over top of a bakery, basically. And she, she, when I got older and, you know, I was a competition kid, like a lot of us, um, she was like, you need to learn more. So she would send me to Emerson Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Ballet, CLO. Like I would take classes down there, blah, blah, blah. Um, Stephen, I'm sure you're familiar with all that. Yes, I am. Uh, and I was like, you know, when I got older, I was just like, well, I'm going to be a professional dancer, but I didn't know what that meant or how to do that. My dance teacher took me to see Cats, which I actually was pretty bored with. But <laughs> sorry, all you Cats fans. <laughs> but I was, but I saw that you can make a living being a dancer, and so I was like, musical theater. That's what I have to do, right? Uh, so I was like, I'm moving to New York and I'm going to do this. And my mother was like, no, 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 please, 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 please don't do that. Uh, you're not ready. And she was right. Uh, so I went to Point Park um, and I was a dance major, not a theater major, but I got incredible training. And I actually almost, I, I was going to dance with Hubbard Street in Chicago because I got like into that whole world of dance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I realized quickly when I was there that I like to talk and I don't, I'm not. And, you won't know, get to lot. do that at Hubbard Street. No, they, no. I got yelled at a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I got yelled at a lot. So I was yeah. like, but why? Like, why am I doing, why am I going over there? What's my purpose? And and I realized too that I was very lucky. And my, my dance teacher, 
she taught us how to dance from an actor's point of view without even knowing that she was doing it. Um, so then I moved to New York and I just pounded the pavement. I just, you know, hit it hard and I'm really stubborn. I, after my first year at, at Point Park, I did do the Pittsburgh CLO. I did the full season back then. They would hire people to do the, like all five shows for the season or whatever. Uh, so I got my equity card. So I was really lucky in that I started off with an equity card and with connections, mm-hmm. with relationships, right? So my first year, I moved here in 98. And my first fall, I got the Radio City Christmas show because I knew the dance captain, Michael Clowers. Because um, li- I was a ballerina bear, but I'm a tall ballerina bear. So he was like, wink, wink, how tall are you? And I was like, five, three. <laughs> and they were like, okay. So that like it's all about, you know, so much of it is building those relationships and, and working hard and showing up and that's so that's what got me in the door, you know. And then I ended up doing forty second street with Michael Clowers, which was my Broadway debut. Um yeah, but that's that's how it all the ball started rolling. <laughs> nice. And Barrett, what about you? What was your your background? I um yeah, so I, I grew up mostly in the uh, the Midwest, the Chicago area. Um, so I, I started dancing at three years old. Um, my parents put me in tap class. I loved it. I continued with that um, as a child. And, you know, the Chicago area gave me opportunities for some great classes and some great teachers. And, um, ben Vereen. When I got, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I got to, one of my dance teachers was good friends with Ben Vereen. So growing up, I, I you know. I got to meet him and work with him a couple times, and uh, but uh, you know, doing community theater in the Chicago area and getting hired as a child for professional productions um, to play a child, you know, play Winthrop in Music Man or Young Patrick in Mame and various productions gave me experience with theater. Um, and then once I uh, I kind of climbed the totem pole as a dancer, I guess I worked at a theme park uh, in my high school years, Six Flags Great America. I graduated high school early to go take a job at Disney in Florida, doing the Beauty and the Beast show down there that is still there. We went. Um, and I, then, <laughs> yeah, I, I then ended up on a... Um, were, you the, there, were you the uh, Prince Bell? It's me. Were you that no, 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 no. <laughs> I was not. Um, but uh, from there, I got a cruise ship job. Um, so I did six months on a cruise ship. Um, and then I moved to L.A. and I did some more work for Disney in L.A. Um, and then I got the tour of a replacement, uh, track. I replaced Ben Cameron on the tour of Footloose when he left the tour. And that was my first equity job. I mean, Disney was equity, but it was optional. Um, but that was my first equity job was the national, uh, tour of Footloose. And then I got another national tour, which made me go, okay, you got to move to New York. This is, you know, this is what you're getting hired for. They're not hiring you for music videos in LA um, at six foot two white guy. Um, So, uh, you know, I I went my way to to New York and, um, and that's when I uh, uh, got my Broadway debut was um, the huge hit urban cowboy. Um, And uh, yeah. And from there I just, you know, audition, audition, I remember the, I, I was at the callbacks for um, Urban Cowboy, and I think you were there too. And we had to like 
partner. Do you remember? Lindy, yeah. There was some yeah. serious like two-stepping partnering. Yeah. I had to like lift yeah. the girl up from the floor onto my shoulder and something crazy. It was nuts. So like, I did not <laughs> sign up for that. <laughs> I, I might. So this is a guess, but my guess was that you you all met because you both were in Wicked at some point. Did you meet during Wicked, or how did Correct. you all meet? Is that right? That was my guess. I was like, maybe they met doing yep. Wicked. We did. Is that, is that true? Okay. True. Yeah, and it was. I mean, it was a. It was a blink of an eye. A blink actually. of an eye. I was covering a medical leave for that for at that point. I had done Wicked in Chicago, the company that opened Chicago. Um, I had opened that company, but then With they Kate. called me. <laughs> they called me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They called me about re- re- coming in for a medical leave in New York, and um, was Kate actually Linda too when you yeah. were when you came in to New York? No, no, none. Oh, maybe she I might have been. She was there. Yeah, she might have been. It all mushes together. But I came in, and a couple of weeks after being there, this one came back from a leave of absence. Doing wicked, in, or no, I mean well, doing I curtains in, in LA. LA for their out of town trial, and we just we overlapped for three, four weeks. I think that's it. Yeah, I think yeah. You know, like maybe not. I think it was three weeks. Yeah, like three weeks. So we, who who talked to who first? Like how, what did, happened? how did that evolve after three weeks? Yeah, or four weeks. Well, I came back and um, which is like, oh my god, everybody. You know, I'm back. And then there's this really tall, really quiet person sitting in the green room. Wait, one second. Since I I know Wicked now, since I've just done it, Mm -hmm. what tracks were you? My track changed after I left. So I was the hedge hair. Right? So I technically was um, Lindsay Northern. Right? Lindsay replaced me, but I was a dancer track and the alphabet track was the singer track. And then um, Brandy and I left at the same time and they swapped it. So oh. the alphabet track became the dancer track and the Glinda understudy track became the, the singer track. Can't tell. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite sure which track I was like. What Were you, you a would... monkey? I did have to be a monkey once. I had one monkey cross. It was a very, I didn't when I was in Chicago, but it was a hybrid track. You know, they, they changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just very curious. I had to do one monkey track, one monkey cross. That was it. Yeah. So So you saw, so you're, so you're in the green room. So you're in the green room. The girls dressing room feeds out of the, um, the green room. Right. So I'm coming out of the dressing room. We're going up to the stage and I was just like, who is that guy? Like, why is he talking? He's so quiet. And whenever I meet people like that, I'm like, oh, I'm going to break you. I'm going to get in there. Right. So then I'm just started like picking. But I was married to somebody else at the time and on my way out of that marriage. So it, it hadn't like I wasn't in a space to be like falling in love with anybody. I was pretty actually miserable at the time um, dealing with the divorce. So I was like, the very beginning stages of a divorce too. So I was just like more intrigued by who this guy was. And then we had, we had like understudy rehearsal together and um, we had to partner for like a split second. Yeah. And then when we, when we were on a break in the wings, I remember 
specifically, I, I, at that age, you know, you meet people, you go out and you date people or you meet people at bars or wherever. I never really looked at people's hands to see if they had a ring. But when I met Megan, I, I immediately looked to see if she had a ring and she did. So I think my, one of my first questions was just like, Oh, how long have you been married? You know? And, and I think my answer was like, you don't want to know. Yeah. It was, <laughs> so, um, well, but we that, all make mistakes. So we became, I mean, we became friends. We, we, we clicked, we had chemistry, um, but we also didn't, weren't able to do anything about it at that time. Yeah. I mean, um, we had our very first rehearsal um, at Wicked for it was our one little partnering thing so like he just like lifted me off of the um fountain right like little boo um and i'll never forget he put his hands on my waist and it was like electric shock all the way through my body i was just like what (laughs) and i was like shit i can't deal with this right now (laughs) and then like he well did that did that give you like <laughs> wait, wait, did that give you like reason to believe that um that you were getting a divorce for a reason? You know, like were you like more sure than at that point you're like, oh, oh I'm doing I mean, the right yes, thing. Of course I was more sure, but it was it was I was doing the right thing. Yes. <laughs> and not like not to get too deep, but you know, from my perspective, I also I didn't want to be the reason. Yeah. And I you know what I mean? Like I, I didn't want that yeah, to yeah. be. So I, I you know, I was keeping us a certain distance, you know, I, it was undeniable, the chemistry mm-hmm. and I'll never, I mean, she knows this now, but we, she was on for Glinda one day and I was on in the wings getting ready to go on and take off Fiero as one of the guards and Kenway Kua, I don't know if you know Kenway, he was there with me and I, we were watching her do Glinda cause she was an understudy performing and, you know, you, you support and you look from the wings and I turned to him and I just said, I'm going to marry her someday. And he and he that? he laughed <laughs> because he knew she was married and he didn't know she was yeah I wasn't really open about everything that. that was happening so um wow yeah but then we, we started, I think we started you ended up going out of town well, so, and so right after this is all like in a matter of a couple weeks right and so then um, I left to go to Radio City uh, Christmas show uh, they they first... needed they had an injury and they suddenly called me and were like can you be sugar plum fairy he was fairy? such a good sugar plum fairy you guys <laughs> I, mean, I had two days I had two days of rehearsal and then I was in the yeah show. but you could see your joy through that fur I don't know if anybody knows the Radio City show but the Santa number where everybody's the Santa and ringing bells I didn't have to do learning it. that in two days and then being on stage with everybody and doing it was yes un- unreal um, I was they, a singer one season, so I know. Yeah, um, I'm, that's yeah. crazy. Wait, what year though? Because oh, you did to, it though when there were singer and dancer yeah, tracks. Okay, yeah. when I did I, it, there was she, only like the one track. Everybody was lip syncing <laughs> silliness. No, I did in 2011. They had like okay. the six singers right, right. that like yeah. so much more sophisticated. Right. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, so when so anyway, when was the first time you actually? Well, I so w- Wicked actually called me. It was another like magical moment where I'm like sitting in my apartment crying, dealing with my divorce, and I was just like, I can't deal with this. And my phone rang, and it was my agents, and they're like, Chica- uh, "Wicked wants you in Chicago. They um they need a Glinda." They're like, "Will you stand by for Glinda for the next couple months?" And I was like, "Yes." 
And so within days I was gone. So I was able to like have my space, deal with things. Like then we like would chat as friends and I could like, I was like, I have to keep you at a distance because I need to keep these two things very separate. Right. Um, so what, what, like, you know, when you, when you beg the universe answers. <laughs> did, I, did I tell the, the airport? Go for it. All right. So yes, airport story. Airport. Yeah, here airport. We go. Okay, so she, there was a period where she did let me know that she was going to see her, uh, her husband at the time and say, you know, that we've gone through all these, pro- this process and this is the final, like, you know, I'll let you know when I see him in LA because they were going to meet in LA. Um, I was nominated for an ovation award for yeah. Curtin, so I was going to the um, the ceremony. I was like, I might never be not nominated for anything ever again. <laughs> so, so she was like, I'll, I'll I'll let you know how what where we're at from there. And it was basically like, is it finalized? Is it done or not? Type thing. So I. I, all I asked her was like, well, when do you get back to Chicago, send me your flight info. Like, you know, so she's like, I'm, I'm not going to talk to you for the next couple of weeks. Just, you know, hang tight. And I just need to make sure everything is clear. I found out when her flight was. He was I like, ha- just call me, call me. I want to hear if you want or not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, call me and you get off the plane. So I booked a flight from New York to Chicago when she was flying back to Chicago from LA that landed 20 minutes before hers. And I waited at the gate, you know, out of sight. And waited for her to get off the plane. And I watched her get off the plane. And the first thing she did was call me. And I was like, so I, I just knew. I just knew everything was was done and that and that. So I was following her down the terminal as she's talking to me. And uh, eventually. Like, this I, I is I romantic. Like, I love it. I mean, it's like not, we had never held hands. We had never kissed. We had never like at this point in our relationship. Nothing. Right. And I was like, I didn't win. Like, well, whatever. And I was like, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm looking at the most beautiful thing in the world. And I was like, are you in a museum? <laughs> and then I just said, turn around. Oh, wow. Wow. Barrett, that's, that is awesome. That is that's amazing. That's yeah. good. That's and then really I, good. Well, I had a contingency plan. I had a friend in Chicago that said I could stay with him that night. <laughs> If depending on how things went, um, if, depending if she was like, "Who is this stalker?" Or, stalking or she me? got off the plane with her husband, or you know, right, 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 right. Anyway, right. Uh, so I, but we, I had to go back to to work the next day. Anyway, I had to fly back to New York the very next right. morning. But that was kind of like the start. Of, he didn't. So I did. I did have to return to work the next day um, in New York. So I did have a flight back to New York. But, but Megan didn't. said you didn't. He didn't go. I didn't. No, I called in sick. Maybe I called in sick you for did. a day. <laughs> you stayed with me. Well, no, it was I stayed that it. night, but, but yeah. <laughs> so and everything I, changed after that. And that was, so then that, yeah. that was kind of like the kickoff to the relationship. And, and, and then it became like, okay, now let's actually try dating. And let's try, <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's see how this goes. So, oh my but that, God. It worked out. Wow. That was, that yeah. was, yeah. There was no so, question in my mind. Every now and then I'm like, hey, remember when you used to do those really romantic things? <laughs> <laughs> we have a similar, yeah, we have a similar, yeah. Remember when you would just sweep me off my feet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Meet me at the airport. <laughs> Meet me at the airport. That's a, oh, that was, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so when, so how soon after that were you able to get married? We actually, like, I wasn't in any hurry to get married again. Um, we both had the same 
uh, outlook on marriage as far as it's a piece of paper. You know, it's, yeah. it's, a le- it's a legality, it's a piece of paper. Um, there's nothing, we don't have any religious tie to that or ceremony, but um, really what it came down to when we chose to get married was probably 90% knowing that we wanted to have um, children. Um, and that the legality of that is important when it comes to marriage. Also, yeah. we wanted your mother to be a part of it. That was another thing. Yeah, my mom, um, she's uh, no longer with us, but she was suffering from MS for yes. over 20 years. And it was getting to a point where it was like, I think she'd like to see her one, you know, her son, one of her sons get married. And like, it was, it was also that it was things like that, you know, family and friends. It's fun to have that celebration with your friends and celebrate mm-hmm. your relationship with your friends. Yeah. So we weren't like, you know, weddings are dumb. They're great. Right. They're yeah. fun. You love them. So, I mean, I think I argued with myself a fair bit because you know, after having been married and divorced and like really putting in the effort to have a good relationship, a solid relationship with Barrett, I do love what marriage is. I, mm-hmm. there, people do look at you differently when you say you're married. Um, you are treated differently. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but it's the truth. Um, I'm sure it's good sometimes and bad other times, but um, it's the truth. And there, I also... Just making that commitment to each other in front of your family and friends, it, it mm-hmm. just ties your your feelings and your love for each other a little bit closer, a little bit tighter. So I I wasn't like, no, I don't want to do it, but I but I was like, I don't need to do it tomorrow. Yeah. You know, so when it became clear that we were like, oh, we want to have a family and we want to share this with his mom before if she couldn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, yeah. yeah, it really was. It we got married at the Botanical Gardens in, in the, Bronx. the Bronx. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, so okay, so you got married. What year was that when you got married? Do you remember? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. We're having 10. our ten year 10 on the nineteenth of this month. Yeah. Oh, congratulations! Happy anniversary. Yeah. Thank you. And then did you, did you make a decision? Like we're going to have a baby or did it just happen? Like was there planning involved? Like those rockets do? Right. (laughs) No, it wasn't like, I need to do it this month. The the next show that we did together besides Wicked was How to Succeed in Business, the revival with uh, Dan Radcliffe and John Marquette. And we... And us, Hello. Um, but we so we were we both were cast um, for the that that company, and once we were open, um, once the show was open, um, M- Megan expressed like now might be a good time that we start looking at when we would try, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we were we were we weren't trying yet. We I was like, let's not not try. Let's just not <laughs> not try. Let's let's stop being careful. Right. 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 And so I think it was, and we just. The first time. (laughs) Literally, bam. The first time I was like, I'm just going to sit here and hug my niece. (laughs) Yeah. Works. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, Now, what what, followed was more than I ever thought I could handle. But that's why we only have one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, there's so many questions I have around like, working together doing a show together and then also like doing a show pregnant 
together. What like what was that a was that a crazy experience for you guys? Like how did how how do you handle well, that time? It was a, it was a it wasn't exactly that. Though. Right. Well, I'll say I'll to answer the first part of the question. Working together just as a couple, you know, we've worked in a couple other shows as well. I prefer and it. We work really well together. Um, we, I feel like we don't exist as a, only a couple. We still get to exist as individuals. our individuals. Yeah. Like we don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not, sometimes one of us goes to eat dinner with some other people from the company and the other goes with others. Like, it's not like we have to go as a couple and eat with everybody. Right. Um, and we, but we also enjoy working with each other and it's never felt, um, suffocating in any way or like a lack of, you know, independence or space. So, and we have the same kind of fun. Yeah. Backstage fun. I love that, that. You know? Yeah. So that, that was never like, that's how we and exist. And we've done a lot of like together. regional shows together, which we've loved. Yeah. We worked at Houston. Houston together. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, and, but then the pregnancy. Yeah. Well, so I actually was taking a leave of absence to do a little tour of guys and dolls. It was my first opportunity to play Adelaide. Um, I was like, yes, I'm finally old enough to play her, you know, <laughs> and they gave, they granted me, I think it was three months, two months, yeah. something like that. It wasn't that long. And it was like one of the first CETA tours that went out kind of thing. And, uh, I found out that I was pregnant the day before we started rehearsal and it was, it was Patty Colombo choreography. <laughs> if you're familiar, right. And I, who I love, and I'm not, like, I want, it's, it was Patty Clover, but Peggy Hickey ended up setting it. Um, but regardless, it was madness, right? Yeah. But I was thrilled to do it. And I was like, I've never been pregnant before. Like, I don't know if it's going to stick. I don't know. I, I don't want to make any assumptions. So I didn't mm-hmm. tell anybody. Um, and then I didn't tell anybody at Guys and Dolls until I, like, I wanted to get past my first trimester before I, like, new you know like we're good to go um but i also needed to if that was the case leave how to succeed because that choreography i could not do pregnant we were dragged across the floor on our stomachs we were mm-hmm. upside down the majority of the show like that just was not feasible um and probably i reached out to the team at how to succeed who I've worked with many times and that like probably around like two and a half months and was like, heads up, this is what's going on. I want to like see where I'm at in the next couple of weeks. And they were all so kind and awesome. And they're like, whatever you want to do, we totally understand. And I guess I, like I could have gone technically like gone back to the show and then taken a, like a medical leave for the pregnancy, then to come back kind of thing. Um, but it just didn't feel like the right thing to do. And I also was able to give another person a job by leaving, you know, a full-time job, which felt better to me, um, who was Shannon Lewis, a very dear friend of mine. Um, So I ended up just like finishing out the tour of Guys and Dolls and then never going back to How to Succeed, Um, which wasn't the plan, but that's what happened. And I ended up doing guys and dolls, like just getting like curvier and curvier and curvier. <laughs> and I didn't like, I didn't pop until six months. So uh, I was just, I, I finished the tour at the end of my fourth month wow. and I just like had like boobs I'd never had before. <laughs> and just like all these curves. I, and I, 
Sarah Jenkins was on that tour and she sent a picture the other like recently of it. And I was like, Oh my God, I look crazy. <laughs> because I have such a tiny little head on this like big voluptuous body. <laughs> and I just kept like what, during my strip, I would just like sneak out of the spotlight more and more. Every week. <laughs> well, so your so your son is eight now. Mm-hmm. What has parenting taught you and how do you see being a parent in show business? Do you see it different as any other parent out there who's who who works a nine to five job or works in, in some other industry? There's there's trade-offs. Um, you know, as the as he gets older and school there's more school and I mean now is a totally different scenario. But <laughs> in the you know normal world uh, scenario, the it's that working the weekends, especially if you have five show weekends is a little bit of a downer, um, you know, because you're, you're missing those days. Those are long days that you kind of are missing with your, with your child and nine to fivers. That's, that's their time, you know, and nine to fivers, you know, they get to usually take the kid to school and they might not be there to pick them up after, but they're there for dinner and then putting them to bed. Um, However, on the flip side, you know, I get the time during the day, during the week to spend all those days, you know, with that, with, with, with the child, especially when they're a baby, when they're a little, you're, it's great. And, um, yeah, school ruins everything. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) but it's, you know, that's, that's, uh, as far as it relates to the entertainment business, um, being a parent, there's that. Um, but it did teach, I think we both agree. It taught us when you once you have a child, the perspective of the importance of work, the work changes. I think that we, you know, we, we have this drive. It's the reason we're in show business is because we have the drive and, and the, the ego. Um, and I say that in, in a positive way, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's obviously negative ego, but there's, you know, the positive ego to, to, to really want to be uh, great at what we do and, and kind of stand front and center. Um, and when you, you put a lot of importance into every audition and job and, you know, you, you get really upset when you don't get something. And I think that when you have a, when you have a kid, I think the perspective of life changes for the better in that you, you put a little less weight into that. Um, I think that, you know, you realize how important some things are and how important some things aren't. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that it's not important to get a job or get a great role in a show. It just, it's just the you perspective. look at it differently yeah you show up every day and you're it's almost like i hate to say this uh, marianne lamb said this to me when we were doing curtains and i was like what are you talking about she's like work is a vacation mm-hmm. and i was like how dare you but i i understand what she's saying in that like every moment of your day with your kid or children is like a constant negotiation and constant like what do you need? What do I need? How are we figuring this out? How, how, like, what's important? When, how do I get you to soccer? Like all of these things, you know, and then you get to work and you're just like, Oh, I know how to do this. Like I, I can, I can kick my face and do a split. And sing <laughs> I know. And I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I know how to do this. But like, like for me, becoming a parent was like, which showed me a whole level of vulnerability and insecurity that I didn't know existed in me. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't know how to do this at all. And constantly questioning things. And so there's therapy and that's good. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also know um, that I, um, you do. I've been asking all the questions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I thought like I'm, so I'm sorry. I don't know. I feel like uh, I'm taking over. I don't want to take over. Well, also, I want to hear a little bit more about, um, you know, you guys have such amazing resumes. I know this is like a little bit around, a little off the off the topic, but you guys have such amazing resumes and clearly your what you want out of life has changed and you just expressed mm -hmm. that. But like clearly you guys are both super dedicated to your craft or you wouldn't be working the jobs that you have and continue to book the work that you get. Um, how important do you think it is to continue to train as a dancer? Well, I think it's super important, which is why I have an online dance school that you teach for. Called <laughs> what? <Dance> for. what? <laughs> I think it's super important. I, I mean, me my goals have changed. Mm -hmm. I would love to, I would love to keep dancing. I would love it if people would ask me to keep dancing, but I have to be realistic about what people want and where we're going. So I've in the past 10 years really put most of my energy into acting mm -hmm. classes. Oh, wait, wait. Voice lessons Just really quick. You were in the yeah. show, you were on the show. What is it called? Ruby? No. No, no, Gypsy. not Ruby. Gypsy, Gypsy. Yeah. And I love that show. I love, <laughs> so love, love that show. I know a lot of theater people who loved that show and it didn't pick, it didn't get yeah. a following. So it got canceled after the first season. But um, yeah. I loved I filming it. it. I had loved such it. a great time. Yeah. Um, Naomi is awesome. Naomi cool. Watts. Um, <laughs> she was super sweet. Uh, I actually did a movie as well previously with her and Liev. Wow. And I think that's kind of why, like, I got that job because she knew me from the other thing. Again, right. connections. She knew you could show up and do your thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love, and, and I was, I was like the bad guy. I loved yeah. it. I was so mean. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. And I had to like be mean to the kids too. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I'm just saying lines. So, um, so how did you, how did Pastor come about? Like, was that something that came about because of quarantine and COVID or well, was that something that you've been working towards? Again, it came to me, it came to me through our dear friend, Lisa Gaida. She, ah. uh, so Jen Frankel and her husband own a gym, mm -hmm. right? Called Solace in New York. And I think they're getting ready to reopen this week. Um, but they are entrepreneurial type people. And it was sort of their brainchild to be like, we, we, we see this need. Like one, we need to create work for all the dancers that are out of work right now. All the Broadway dancers that don't have jobs. Um, and two, like this is a wonderful opportunity to get all of this talent and experience into the living rooms of potential people that want to be performers or just live it or just fans, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and Lisa was like asked originally to be a part of the team to start it up, but she, she's going to school to be a therapist. So she was like, here, have Megan. And so I'm grateful she did. Uh, cause I, I am loving it. I'm loving being a part of it. I've never created a business before. So I'm learning so much every day. Um, but I'm obsessed with our teachers such as yourself, Stephen and Brad, you did get uh, an email. Yeah. But, but what, uh, was, it's, <laughs> it's all about the timing right now. I know. <laughs> um, I'm teasing. I tease. Uh, <laughs> I'm obsessed with everybody and I'm obsessed with, um, the students 
Yes. Like everybody mm-hmm. is so into it. They yeah. love all of you so much and they love the experience. So we're super tiny right now and we're trying to get off the ground and I'm learning so much about it. But what I'm excited about is when we talk about equality on Broadway, you mm-hmm. know, I, to me, I feel like the answer is education with the youth and there's so many so many kids out there there are little artists inside of them and they don't know it they they don't have that one person we all had that one person when we were little that was like you could do this Mm -hmm. you got this and that planted that seed you know you just need that little bit of encouragement and all of our teachers are those people Mm -hmm. and so we're doing as much as we can for outreach and to get to those kids and offer free classes and anything that we can do to create the exposure, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and it sounds like, you know, it, it's kind of giving opportunity to kids that maybe not have it. And so that kind of brings me to when Broadway does come back, what do you, how do you think it'll be different or what do you hope, what do you hope that will be different? Well, those are two very different questions. Yeah, they're two different questions. What I think is going to be different, unfortunately, is I think the Broadway dancers are going to get hit the worst. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's the most unsafe part of the puzzle, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're breathing on each other, we're spitting on each other, we're singing in each other's faces. Um, That is, I feel like that's going to be a while before that comes back. They're more. I, she, what she's saying too is that they're more likely to produce two-person plays, you know, smaller, smaller productions with right. less people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what do I hope? Yeah. I hope that everybody calms the f down. <laughs> I want everybody to just chill out. Please. Stop spending all this money on a costume that can't be cleaned mm-hmm. or is only worn for thirty seconds. Or a set piece that is unrealistic and your cast can't fit on the stage because of it. The lighting design that is absurdly <laughs> like it, it, unacceptable. Like it's you can't maintain it. Like let's calm all that down and let's put the focus on the people that are on stage, the people that work backstage, yeah. the people that keep the yeah. show running. Every- Agreed. One hundred percent. Agreed. I will add one thing about the training yeah, yeah, yeah. or the the yeah. credit. I mean, yeah. I'm, I, I am grateful for, for my training and I continued to train. Um, I didn't go to college, right? I, I, I left out of high school. I graduated early and started working, but I found as I went that I needed to keep up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I learned when I got to New York, oh wait, I have to be able to sing and dance if I want to get hired. You know, um, so I continued to, to privately do those types of things, but I also just, I, I mean, to, you know, it, it's, it's, Yes, ten credits are are. Um, I'm so grateful and, and they're wonderful. But at the same time, a lot of those shows didn't last very long. You know what I mean? Like there, and and it, I don't want to take away from people who have a career. You know, they may only have two shows, but they, you know, that yeah. that that's still to me. That's still just you've done those two shows for a success, long time. Like, you yeah. make a lot of money. It's, it's just that's just, it's that's so being part of the career and being house. lucky to be part of the Broadway community. So. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm grateful for the amount, but I don't think that that the number of shows just ne- necessarily says. But that it's makes... still impressive. It's, <laughs> it don't diminish it. It's okay. still really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> very lucky to have the opportunity to work with a lot of different people. And, and I'm very grateful. Yeah. 
Well, you both inspire us um, as performers and as, and as a family. As family people. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So we're going to move into a segment we call Spotlight on Love. <laughs> All right. Here's the question. It's from an anonymous follower on Instagram. And he says, I recently moved in with my boyfriend and on a few occasions now he has lost his temper and kicked me out of the apartment because he said I wasn't listening to him. Most recently, he told me he wants to work through it. Am I setting myself up for disappointment by staying? What is the best way to stay in my power and stay in the relationship? Wow. Woof. That's a tough one. I mean... What way of me? I mean, I, I think that, first of all, like kicking somebody out of an apartment does not give them the ability to listen. So that... That right there is unfair. Is unfair and not helping from their from the other person's point of view on how to resolve any issue. Right. Um, so it's kind of a false, you know, that's kind of a uh, a false option. And I guess um, I don't know if that's a, the right way to put it, but I think you understand what I'm getting at. Um, so communication is key, obviously. If you can't communicate, then maybe maybe if you really can't communicate and find a way to communicate, then it might not be the right relationship. Right. Um, I mean, I think, so that made me think, sit down first and talk about why throwing somebody out of an apartment is an option. Yeah. Where does that come from in your past? Where does like that sort of dramatic, are you putting on a show? Are you living a life of drama? Are you putting something on? Um, or do you want to have a real relationship? Because a real relationship doesn't involve that sort of behavior, you know? Um, most successful relationships, I think, could be considered pretty boring to some, you know, and that's and, okay. And if somebody is saying to you that you're not listening, the answer can't be, yes, I am. Or what are you talking about? That, you know, it is, okay, tell me what it is that I'm not listening to. You know what I mean? You have to give that person the ability to express themselves and, yeah. and, and, and lay out their, their case. And hopefully, um, I as a couple, one of the biggest things is you'll learn comp, you know, compromise okay. and not a, not a negative compromise. Yeah. It's not about giving up. It's, it's about, um, it's just about agreeing on, on the middle ground, the middle ground of, of where the rules are and, and what things are. I mean, I also yeah. would suggest, uh, writing things down. I, I find that helpful. Like if both people sit and write down, like what you feel like is not being heard, or what the person thinks they heard and then comparing your notes after the fact to see where you've gone awry, where things aren't happening. Mm -hmm. But, you know, another way to look at this whole thing is to say, I think a lot of us performers um, specifically, because we are so motivated and such doers, we tend to work at something unnecessarily. And it's hard to say you are not a failure by a relationship ending. If it's not the right relationship, and I know that's from an experience, because I continued into something because I thought, oh, I have to. Like, I have to see it through to the end. I started this, you know. But if you're unhappy and you're being treated poorly, then that's not the sort of thing you want in your life. And you have to, that person needs to sit down with themselves and say, what kind of relationship do I want? What do I deserve? And is this person providing that for me? And if they're not, it's okay to walk away. 
give them a chance. I think you should give them a chance. But if it's, if it continues, nobody deserves to be treated that way. And it's not a failure to walk away. It's not a failure to take care of yourself. Yeah. I love what you said about writing things down. I feel like one of the things we learned in therapy was kind of to say, when somebody says something, you say, what I'm hearing you say is, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then repeat it back so that you know that you're on the same page. Um, But then like my um, reactive self um, says to this question, well, if they kicked you out, then just be done. You know, that's part that, that would be like my quick end of like, that's, I mean, my thought is like, it's crazy. The question he asked at the end is like, how do I stay in my power mm. and stay in the relationship? And in my head, I'm like, if you want to stay in your power, move out right. and work on right. the relationship. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Like yeah, go good. get, your, like get your own space. And if you want to work on the yeah. relationship, because then you're, that's how you own your power because he's, he's taking away your power every time he kicks you out. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I guess there's other, you know, factors of, is it, equally shared space in that is it owned is it yeah there's also that and yeah that factors in and then also like you know just in case does this happen when people are under the influence of you know alcohol or something you know not you know then make you got to take that factor off the table to actually communicate too so yeah yeah that's really good good advice you guys are smart Well, so where where <laughs> can we find can you? people find you and follow you? Uh, Instagram, Instahole. Uh, what's your Insta- What's your handle on Instagram? Barrett Martin NYC, I believe. Yeah, I'm just Megan Spora. <laughs> I'm not a big, you know, I'm not I'm not on there a lot, but I'm there. But he's there. <laughs> he and likes she's to there. try to not have followers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on. I'm. He's you on Twitter a fair. I am on yeah. Twitter, but that's more. I do that more just to read news headlines. I'm not really a, you know. I'm on Twitter. If you like message me, I'll get it. But otherwise, I'm like I don't. I don't understand. Well, Twitter is like yeah. I, but so also Pastor. Yeah. Is that a? a that's super- the the handle is on Pastor. Great. So you can come dance with us on Pastor. Yes. So go Ooh. follow them on all their social accounts. Thank you for coming and being. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, so much fun. Thank yeah. you guys. You guys are the cutest. And to all of our listeners, don't forget to love who you love and love what you do. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.